0: Well... Welcome once again to the Irish in Sweden podcast and before you say anything and start talking about me behind me back, lads I'm sorry, it should have been out at 7 o'clock this morning, I hear you, I know me pal Gary Lavelle would have been getting in his car and driving to Vestalos and then he goes onto his podcast feed and there's no Irish in Sweden and he'd be crying softly at the steering wheel of his lovely big Mercedes there because he'd have to listen to Ryan Turbidy or something like that and that's a very expensive process as we all know at this stage. Or Kevin Carroll was getting in his van there with his L coffee from Circle K this morning, heading off to do a job somewhere for some very wealthy person, and uh, and no no podcast from. The reason for that, lads, is because I got uh, I, I got overtaken by myself last week, so I have a load of podcast interviews booked in this week, and we had none last week, and with midsummer and everything else, I couldn't get it done in time. So mea culpa. What I did get done in time. Well, that wasn't in time either, but it came out yesterday, was a Global Gale podcast this week. And I suggest you go back and have a listen to that if you haven't done so already, right? Because I talked to a man named Colin Bell, and Colin Bell is the father of Kevin Bell, who was killed in America 10 years ago in a hit-and-run accident. And they set up something called the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust. And their function basically is to bring Irish people who have died abroad home. And it was an amazing conversation pa- prompted by the passing of our friend Kevin Higgins down in Vorbay there a little bit earlier on in the year. You will have heard the podcast where I spoke to a few of the lads who played Gaelic football with him down there. And he was just a person we all love very, very much. But the Kevin Bell Trust came in and brought Kevin home to Limavadi to be buried. And they paid for it too. So the trust is absolutely amazing. And I know that the boys above in Yavlaji GAA. Uh, Colin actually mentioned to me off-air about John Cunningham up there in Yavle. Oh, do you know John Cunningham? And apparently part of the fundraiser, or a good part of the fundraiser that they did last year around their tournament was for the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust. So that was great to hear that we've made a a contribution as a Swedish community already, but it's something we'll have to look forward to doing in the future. Because if they've helped us once, it's only right that we go back and help them again. And I would like to, to have the money in the bank with them, if you know what I mean, rather than waiting on when we actually sort of need their services or need their help for somebody in the community. So keep your eye out. Might do now live podcast, lads. You never know. Might do two or three of them. Might go off around the country doing live podcasts, trying to raise a few quid for the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust. And if you're in, uh, if you're interested, if you're Peter Miller down below in Malmo, and you're interested in helping me to set that up, you're more than welcome. Because I mean, let's face it, I'm getting lazier in my old age. I hope you enjoyed your midsummer. If Instagram is happening to go by, uh, Sophie Murphy was up somewhere around Moura and Gavin and Dara and some of the lads were over on Gotland and we were all celebrating like mad jokes all together. There was flowers in the hair and there was rosé wine and there was dancing around maypoles and all sorts of other things. Uh, Noah O'Rourke, Noah Drefiel O'Rourke was sending me pictures from uh, Dolan, I think he was in, and... um, a couple of dodgy characters trying to get the old uh, Midsummer Stone, which is like the maypole. They were trying to get that raised up there. It looked for a while there like they weren't going to make it, or it was going to come crashing down on somebody's nut when the dancing started. But it looked like uh, a lovely day altogether. I had an absolutely brilliant time, lads. I have to say, it was one of the best Midsummers I've ever had in Sweden. And it was simply because uh, Damien and Suzanne Hunt and their family, and the aforementioned, the handsome and brilliant Gary Lavelle and his wife and their son Jack, and uh, Damien and Suzanne's kids came to our little summer house in Norby, which is about an hour and a half, an hour and forty minutes, depending on who's driving Outside of Stockholm And we just, we had a lovely day We had the sill And I don't think uh, a lot of the Irish people in attendance had eaten sill before That's the pickled herring, the many varieties of pickled herring That you get on midsummer You'll also get them on Christmas, you'll also get them at Easter uh, So we had that and then we went for a dip in the local lake Which was chilly enough now boys I wasn't in there very long myself I'm hoping that somebody throws in the toaster there and heats it up a little bit when the real holiday starts in a couple of weeks' time. And then we came back again and we fired up the barbecue and there was burgers and hot dogs and a whole lot. And we just, great crack all together, just talking about, um, you know, living in Sweden and everybody has been here for various different amounts of time and people have lived in different places and visited different places and what it's like living here, having children here and, and all this kind of thing. And it was just a magnificent, really relaxed day, lads. You know, that kind of day where... There's no stress. There's nobody there who is sort of, you know, tapping their watch going, oh, we have to eat now. We have to do this now, you know. It's just lovely to get people coming together and just, you know, vibing, relaxing into the whole thing. So it's magical all together. I hope you had a tremendous time wherever you were. And uh, remember with all these times, lads, because again... There are people in our community who like to be alone, right? But I don't think any of us like to be lonely. And if you're ever coming up to a time of the year where it is Christmas or midsummer, they'd be the two main ones. Or maybe it might be Saint Patrick's Day as well for some people, right? And you find that you're going to be alone somewhere, and you don't want to do like you don't want to do that. You don't want to be lonely on these days. Reach out a hand, right? Because we can always put the word out somewhere. We don't have to mention any names. I can say on the Facebook page or on this podcast that there's a few people looking to go celebrating Christmas wherever they're at a loose end. They don't know where to go. And you'll find that there's always people who have a seat at the table for you, right? So if you find yourself getting lost in these celebrations and maybe treating it as just another day because, you know, you're, you're working or because you don't really know what to do with yourself, because part of the joy of living in a place like Sweden is taking part in things like that and, you know, celebrating it the way Swedish people do and learning a little bit about the culture. And sure there was a few jars as well at the end of the day. I think it was a very enjoyable day for most. So don't be afraid uh, to reach out the hand of friendship and we'll find you a seat at somebody's Table ads. Might even be my little summer house if you're desperately unlucky and you'll get a hot dog that's been burned so badly that CSI wouldn't be able to tell you what it came from. Anyway, listen, I have an interview for you. I have a whole shed load of interviews for you. Because uh, I've been trying to book in as many interviews as possible. Not because I'm going to take time off, as I've said in one of the interviews, I think that I've already done. But because um, most people will be sort of departing now. If you're new to Sweden, right, you'll probably get another two weeks out of it. But after the first week in July, forget it, lads. Right, They're going to be in their cabins. They're going to be in the lake there. There's no 5G where these lads and ladies are going. It's going to be very difficult to get a hold of people. So... I'm sort of uh, trying to get as many as I can in storage onto the dictaphone and talk to people. So today, this morning, uh, I a few weeks ago, actually, I was on LinkedIn, and I was looking at, uh, you know, the way these things pop up. Now, I'm not mad about LinkedIn or Facebook, lads. They just, they drive me a little bit demented altogether. And on LinkedIn, it's often, you know, people asking that questions, and I just can't be dealing with it, right? But uh, Jessica Stokes-Dean, who is the wife of Brian Stokes, a great Gaelic footballer who has, uh, played for the club, the Clontarf Club in Dublin, and was on the fringes of the Dublin panel there, Magnificent Gaelic footballer altogether played as a halfback and a fullback for the Stockholm Gales before uh, he was taken from us by golf. Lads, very very tragic thing to happen to a man's sporting career. He was infected with golf, and we haven't seen him kick a size five O'Neill since. since. So uh, thoughts and prayers for Brian Stokes' uh, Gaelic football career. But his wonderful wife Jess was um, always around, you know. And Jess is a physiotherapist. But I saw on LinkedIn recently how she is moving more and more and more towards almost exclusively women's health right and that fascinated me because as you'll well know if you've been listening to this podcast or seen any of the other stuff I've done for the last while I've been doing more and more around women's sports because it just it wasn't covered you know by journalists or by newspapers or by radio or TV when I was a young flip we honestly didn't believe that you know the odd camogie match aside like that you know women didn't take part in sport because the opportunities weren't there for them so when you start to see what women are doing in that field, and then you start to see, okay, well, hold on a second. Basically, there's the famous old thing about the Volvo seatbelt, right? And they were always designed, to, you know, women get injured in car accidents much more than men because the seatbelts are designed for us, right? And I don't know how true it is, right? It's one of those things you'll hear on YouTube or TikTok or whatever. I think it is true, though, because they're only just testing these things on the female form now. But I wanted to get Jess down to the little studio because I found that fascinating because all the research in physiotherapy and in medicine and in training and strength and is often done for men we have been until this point uh, the elite we've always been the ones that you know we've been tested okay men's bodies are a thing and I thought, Jesus, that can't be right. 50% of the population, and we're just going, yeah, the rest of you will have to put up with it. So I asked Jess, and Jess is one of these people. Jess is lovely altogether. If you've ever met her, you'll just. she's a wonderful person altogether. But she can be a little bit shy, you know, and especially when it comes to the professional thing. And I often find that uh, with women, especially going on the podcast as well, they go, no, why would I talk about that? You ask the lads. Oh, Jesus, they'd be climbing over one another to get in the podcast, you know. We're all experts about something. And that's great, right? But uh, the girls are often not... Uh, Uh, In as much of a hurry, we'll put it that way. So Jess took a little bit of gentle probing or poking or convincing uh, to come on the podcast. And you know what? I'm really glad that she did. Because we sat down for a good while now today. And we talked about an awful lot of things that I will hold up my hand and say I have no idea about in terms of women's health, in terms of pregnancy, in terms of postpartum, after pregnancy, all of these things. And we had a good old chat about it. And th- again, to address the lads in the particular, in particular, right, I can imagine the girls of Michelle Cotter's camogie team listening to this and going, yeah, well, you know, we've all heard about all this before. But for the lads listening to this, I would strongly advise you not to switch off now, not just to go to the end. Have a listen to it, right? And it may give you a new perspective, a different way of looking at things, because I know it did for me and fatherhood in general and, you know, uh, being the birth of my first child that kind of thing, uh, all those years ago 18 and a half years ago now, I learned an awful lot very, very quickly and I still know nothing, but thankfully Jess was able to come down and to educate me a little bit about it today So here she is, Jessica Stokes Dean on women's health and training and physiotherapy and physiology and all that good stuff on the Irish and Sweden podcast for you Stokes Dean, a pleasure to have you here at long last on the Irish and Sweden podcast. And we will start with that Irish connection, which is through your husband, Debelle Brian Stokes, a great (laughs) footballer. How did you pick him up and drag him back over here to Sweden? Uh, Well, it was
1: 2008. We met in uh, Wiestrams pub.
0: Yeah. What was he doing over here in 2008?
1: Watching Irish football. Gaelic football, <laughs> that was it. Yeah. yeah. There
0: you go. The Dubs were brutal
2: then as well, so he was drowning in the sorrows.
1: I think it was the uh, Irish no, no, what's it called? The whiskey the whiskey wine festival. All oh, right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They were there for here, but they were in Vishtowns the whole weekend, I'd say. <laughs> and I was there with a friend from Ireland to watch the game too. Yeah. And that's where we met. And then I had planned a trip over to Dublin kind of soon after that. And we said we would meet up again.
0: Okay. And this friend from Ireland that you were in there with, was yeah. this somebody you went to school with or somebody who had lived there? I grew or? up
1: with, the, I grew up with her. Okay. her. Her mother used to uh, babysit us when we were small. All right. And she went to college in Dublin and stayed.
0: Very um, good. Yeah. So you kind of already had that little connection yeah. before the Bell yeah. Mr. Stokes came on the scene. Yeah. And when you m- went over to Dublin then for that visit to Dublin, yeah. like um, you decided, okay, I'm going to meet this fella, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens, kind of yeah. thing. How yeah. was that That sort of second date, if
2: you will?
1: <laughs> well, we've been talking on, uh, I think, what did you, where did you talk back then? Like, MSN Messenger. MSN or, or Skype or I, I don't know where we... Bebo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we met the first night and then I kind of stayed with him instead of my friend. Okay. I'd say and that uh, went down well. Yeah. <laughs> She hasn't spoken to no, me since. No. <laughs> so then, yeah, and then he started came over to Sweden, and I came over to Dublin, you know, and yeah. Did he, you ever
0: live over in Dublin then? Did you?
1: Uh, no, I stayed when I was in college. I used to stay the whole summer, basically. Yeah, yeah. And when I didn't study. Yeah. So, did you yeah. find
0: a little sort of part-time job there? Or did no,
1: you? I didn't. I just lived off him.
0: I, I kept <laughs> woman. I love the idea. Very unusual for us. We to be a yeah, at, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Altogether. Yeah, but
1: it was it was nice.
0: Mm. Uh, how hard was it to convince Brian to move over here?
1: Uh, not that hard. After I was done with physio, I we just said whoever gets the job first. Like. So it was a race, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he got a job first, obviously because he's in like computers. So. Yeah. It was easy.
0: And he got the job over here, basically. Yeah, he got the job over here. Um,
1: 2012.
0: God, it's funny because like when you mentioned years like that, two thousand and twelve, and there's yeah. always like I've been here since nineteen ninety nine. So yeah. there's me, and then there's basically you know there's a couple of us, you know, Lockie and a few others, yeah. And then there's everybody who came after. Yeah, and, and I think you were and, first. And it actually <laughs> seems like a really long time ago yeah. now, but it does. It also seems like yesterday. Yeah, I know. Thing, yeah, you know? It's, uh, uh, but were you finished with your studies in physiotherapy when he came over? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. So uh, two thousand twelve, I was done, and that's when I started to apply for a job, and he started to apply for a job here, and then he came over. So Mm. I was done. And I was up in Lulio actually. I didn't study in Stockholm. Okay, you are. So it's really yeah, it was a long distance. Yeah. And
0: and did Brian visit you up there talking Yeah,
1: yeah. We met two thousand and eight and I was done two thousand twelve. Yeah. So there we was plenty
0: of over and back, plenty of air miles yeah. racked up. Ryan time, yeah, oh, I'd say they made a fortune <laughs> out of altogether. me. how difficult was it? Because it's one thing coming over here for a weekend and going yeah. to Luleå and the Northern Lights yeah. and all this kind of. It's a different thing entirely getting a lease on an apartment together and moving in and saying, "Okay, yeah. this is us now." Yeah. Uh, from your perspective, was he sort of dependent on you in the beginning, in terms of you know finding his way around or that, or was he able to mm-hmm. independently set himself up?
1: I'd say he was in, independent. He because, you for that. Too. Yeah. But I have <laughs> to give him that because he started to work immediately when he came over. Mm. We lived with my parents and then we started to look for an apartment to buy. So we yeah. didn't rent.
0: She you weren't hanging around?
2: really?
1: Yeah. Oh. So we were saving. Well, he had more time saving than me, obviously, because he'd been working for years. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we found an apartment and we, we bought
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. It used to drive my missus mad, you know, when I was learning Swedish. And then, you know, Mm. I'd be using my broken Swedish and let you go, I just don't have the patience for this, (laughs) you idiot. Was there anything like that that sort of bothered you in the beginning when you moved over first? You know, the silly questions that we end up having to ask because it's not like Ireland.
1: Yeah, uh, well, kind of. But we already kind of, we'd done that already before he moved here. Actually, Yeah, you got all that out of the way. Yeah, a bit. (laughs) 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 It was more me, I think, asking about... The Irish ways I'd say yeah yeah and then ah, uh, he just he's very good at just okay this is it now yeah as you say in Swedish, man tar sedan dit man går. Yeah, exactly. When
2: yeah. in Rome, do as the Romans do yeah, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: He was very good. At and he fitted straight in when uh, when he started playing football with the Stockholm Gales. He yeah. actually came down the first train and he came to I think some of his friends got him like a tracksuit top
2: okay, as so a leaving
0: that. present. And he came down and we went, this this guy looks like he's been here for years. Yeah. And then he fits straight <laughs> in again. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me about the physiotherapy thing, because that was one of the things you recently completed uh, another was a qualification or study into into women and injuries and in sports and physiotherapy, yeah. and that kind of thing. Mm. where did the uh, the interest in physiotherapy come from to begin with <coughs> what made you go all the way up to Luleå and study that uh,
1: well I used to compete in ballroom dancing and then in um, I, I also went to school and I went to the instead of like what you say uh, natukenskap how would you science that yeah, I, from, yeah. I, I, I did dance yeah that was my kind of and uh, I had injuries obviously and then... it's
0: Is ballroom dancing very violent, is it? <laughs> not really.
1: <laughs> but, you know, it, you have small injuries and I met a lot of physios and that kind of made me become interested in it. Yeah. And realising, like, I, I won't be able to live from dancing, you know. It, yeah. It's not a, like, career in that for me. Um, So that's when I, yeah... I decided then that that's what I want to do. Hmm.
0: Mm. What kind of injuries do you get in dancing? And imagine, is it a lot of sort of, you know, where joints get worn out and yeah. muscles get pulled and Yeah, that kind of thing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And th- that sort of created the basis then for, right, I'm going to go to Lulio and study this.
1: Yeah. I didn't want to go to Lulio, but it was very <laughs> hard to get in anywhere else. Yeah. And so they I basically got an email. I just met Brian. I got an email saying, like, you got in in Lulio, you have to be in two days, otherwise you'll lose the spot.
2: You're shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I just called my mom and said, what should I do? She's like, yeah, well, you want this. So I just packed my bags and explained to Brian that I will be going, you know, up the north. He's like, oh, that's fine. I was like, but do you, do you realize how far up it is? <laughs> and he's still going, that's fine. Because he's yeah. not going to look
0: at the map, is he? Yeah.
1: I, yeah. So uh, that's so two days. And then I was there. How,
0: s- how soon after that did Brian come to visit? How soon after that did he realize how far north he Yeah, I, I'd
1: say he came just after like, I'd say, two, three months or yeah. something like that. And he said he bought a winter jacket. Oh, God. And <laughs> I can say it was not a, a winter jacket.
0: That might be a winter jacket in <laughs> terms. So. Yeah,
1: but not when it's like minus twenty five. So yeah, mm,
0: was yeah. That, was that a shock to the system for you both?
1: Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, my mother around basically naked <laughs> yeah. in Luleå and half freezing to death and a bus stop. Yeah,
1: so yeah, he came over a couple of times, and I I always uh, I stayed. In Dublin over the summers, so. yeah,
0: mm. a bit, bit of a temperature difference there, but not <laughs> yeah. much—not no. as much as you might expect. No. You know? no. <laughs> Did you like living up in Luleå? Because there's been a lot of Irish people up there working on okay. data centers and that kind of all thing right. in recent years. Yeah.
1: Um, I liked it because um, in the class, like we were from all over Sweden, so yeah. you become you, you know you become close to each other, and the only thing you focused on was studying. Yeah, so that was good, um, but I I wouldn't live there
0: it's no. not the kind of was it was it just a bit too small kind of too thing? small f- yeah yeah. Uh,
1: yeah i think so yeah here
0: when you live in Forster you have sort of everything around you yeah know, you're only yeah. F- you know half an hour from the city center, exactly and that kind of thing and you know? a
1: bit too dark and too cold
0: was it because this is the problem i have right i moved here in 1999 and i still can't get used no. to the darkness in yeah. the winter right yeah but you but that's not unusual really you have the same thing when you're away up there and it um, just doesn't get bright
1: no it doesn't get bright and in the spring it kind of never goes dark yeah which was also hard Because you kind of lose track of time. What the hell's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. And you don't get as tired, but you kind of are tired. It's, uh, yeah. So I think both darkness and the brightness were,
0: yeah. Yeah. Difficult. Did you find the university there? Because obviously, you know, there's going to be people listening to this. God knows my own kids that be going to university soon enough. Yeah. Well. Uh, was it easy to fit in? You mentioned that you made a lot of friends in the yeah. course up there. Did you find that, you know, was it maybe different to going to school in Stockholm or, you know, if you had to go to Lund or somewhere <clears> else? Do you think I
1: I think it was easy because everyone was there for the same reason. And yeah. we all lived together. Yeah. Um, it was
0: like a student. Bond, a yeah, student exactly. Yeah.
1: And we, you know... You meet a group of people. Everyone is just as like, okay, we haven't lived here. We're all new yeah. and we have the same interest. yeah. So it was nice. That was pretty mm, cool there. Yeah. You
0: know? And are you still in touch with a lot of the people that you would have gone to school uh,
1: with? Or? You know, just a little bit. We're all spread out. Yeah. And it's been like t- over 10 years now. So, yeah, um, since we started. Um, but we talk a little bit, but not, no, I wouldn't say I'm close to anyone.
0: Really. Yeah. Mm. when you graduate from university then you're a physiotherapist right mm. and the first thing you had was a whole lot of bums from the stockholm Gales going jess yeah. there's something <laughs> wrong with me here <laughs> yeah. but like how do people like if we do have young people here now who are involved in sport mm. and we had harry who ran the stockholm marathon recently we've had simon who does a lot of cycling and i haven't seen him play football in ages because mm. he has injured how do you go about getting physiotherapy getting help for a sports injury here where's yeah. the best place to go first
1: oh that's a hard question Um, well, I will definitely say go to physiotherapist that has, if you can find someone who's specialized in In sport. Yeah. Yeah. If you can, but then physios in, in Sweden, anyway, um, we all have like the basic knowledge and hopefully we know when this is an area that I, I don't know how to help you and I can send you to this person. Yeah. So, um, yeah, try to find someone who's specialised, but there are many good physios out there.
0: Yeah. yeah. And is the process for that then, Jess, is that to go to like Vordsentralen, which is like... You know, no, you, you know, don't
1: have to go to Thrallon.
0: You can go and find them. Yeah, Google. G- Google is the <laughs> yeah. idea. Right? So in the time that I've been here, previously, basically the stage owned everything, right? Mm. And now you have an awful lot of private actors. People yeah. might recognise the likes of Capio and yeah. Al- Alme. all these other companies that do these things. How do you find somebody that you can trust? Right, mm. Because I'd say this is the other thing is that, you know, Brian gets about 50 SMSs a week going, oh, just look at me shoulder or my <laughs> knee or that kind of yeah, thing. Right? Yeah. Is, is it hard to find somebody? Because you mentioned as well that so, some people are very are quite specialized. They say, OK, mm. yes, I can help you with that. Or maybe no. Maybe mm. I want to go to somebody else with that. Mm. Is it hard to find somebody, do you think?
1: No, I don't think so, because even though they might be private, they're still part of the Swedish health system, which mm. means that you don't pay more than you know, yeah. Any other places. Um so and we all get specialized physios have an agreement and we need to follow that agreement. Okay. Um but I mean physios without that special you know uh specialization they uh, they also have to follow so you can trust everyone because otherwise you you basically lose your
2: job. You can fire up if you yeah. around with yeah. things you don't know. But right? if
1: you're private private then <clears throat> like there are um, chiropractors and things like that then you some of them are not checked the same way
0: yeah so it's yeah. not as regulated so no, you don't have that no kind of thing, exactly. no exactly um, and mm. what kind of things do you yourself specialize in are you, have you sort of kept your roots in in the dancing end of things that uh,
1: I, I take care of dancers but I'd say most women that I meet now would be women that have been or are pregnant and want to give back to some kind of sports or activity.
0: Okay. Mm. What what level would that be at? Would that be at the elite level? Would it just <clears> be people who want to run tough Mostly
1: fighting? mostly people that you know just I want to get back to running. Yeah um, but there are also some that are, you know, more high up there. Yeah. The, yeah.
0: We're looking to compete again yeah. to, to get yeah. back to the elite. Yeah. Um, we mentioned at the beginning there that you've been sort of working at this or you've been looking at this area. It's really in my humble opinion, I don't know much about these things, but when I look at women's soccer, which I work with a lot, there's not a lot of research out no. there. Is this something that's changing because people like you are looking more and more at it?
1: Yeah, it's changing. It's it's slow, but it's changing.
0: What are you um, learning as you look at this?
1: Um, what I'm learning is that I didn't know much when I graduated. <laughs> Sorry. Sarah, I like, okay. About women's health. Yeah. Um, and that everything, everything that we do is based on, you know, research on men. Yeah. Not everything, but a lot. Um, so that's what I'm learning. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a field that hasn't been, it hasn't been much interest in it at all, but it's now it's more and more interest, you know, within women's health and sports.
0: We're, we're coming up on a women's world cup now in which both yeah. sweden and ireland are involved and in the last few years like england won't have probably four or five players there because of serious cruciate knee ligament injuries yeah. right mm. um what what can we do in terms of the younger kids who are coming up now do we need to change how we coach girls how they mm. do strength and conditioning mm. what's the sort the, of the, the first signs coming out now do we need to do things different do we need to change the rules do we need to have more contact, less contact. Mm-hmm. Is there any sort of recommendations coming out?
1: No, no recommendations. So yeah. <laughs> but um, I'd say the focus is more on like women getting back to sports after uh, labor. Yeah, that's. Um, but no, no specific recommendations on younger kids. Like, I mean, there are obviously interest in some opinions about it but there is nothing like we know this there's
0: nothing concrete yet no. that we can say about. No. It. yeah because no. it was only a few years ago that um previously if women were playing football they would have to buy men's football boots yeah and then the manufacturers would hang on a second women's mm. feet are uh, different yeah you know, so exactly they to change those yeah. things you know Mm. Um, I was speaking to a footballer down in Gothenburg a while back. She had a baby. She So she might be playing for Sweden. Aileen yeah. a- 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 Rubinson is her name. She won't mind me mm. mentioning it. She had a child during the pandemic because she went, hey, there's no football. <coughs> so herself yeah. and her partner went off and they had a baby. Yeah. And she told me something fascinating. She was saying that she was faster and she had more yeah. stamina yeah. after having a child. Yeah. I was going... I had so much less stamina after my <laughs> wife actually you know. <laughs> and, do, have you any idea how that works? She mentioned that the blood flow is increased, that kind of thing. Yeah, is that the kind of thing you come across? Like
1: in in the whole pregnancy, testosterone will increase for a woman about seventy percent. Wow. Yeah, so that's a lot. Yeah. And especially in the third trimester. Yeah. So if you're able to, you know, train, then you really should. Mm. But then there are other reasons why you might not be able to. You might have pain. You might be, you know, the doctors might say, no, you shouldn't for other reasons or whatever. But if you can and you feel, you know, then you really should continue training and especially in the third trimester. Mm -hmm. And maybe she was able to do that. And that's why she felt so good afterwards. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, after labor, hormones also drop. But everyone is individual. You know, like you, you might be, And how much sleep are you getting, you know?
0: Known yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: but it's not yeah. That can happen. Make yeah. you can feel better. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there a thing that like you know it, there is? There's two points really when a lot of women drop out of sport. And again, I'll defer to your sort of superior knowledge. But one is when girls are about fifteen mm-hmm. and they just go right. You know, for some reason, there's just a cliff that they fall yeah. off there because yeah. they go off doing things with friends or whatever. Yeah. And the other thing is when they have children. Yeah. Do Do you have any idea of how many women actually just fall out of sport completely after their first child? <sighs>
1: no i don't have a number but i'd say it depends on um how, the level like how much help are you getting yeah and uh, a lot of women that play like soccer you know they don't have their own physio or their own you know they're not taken care of in the same way as men might be yeah. in, on the same level and um, so i think that could be a reason um you know lack of knowledge within the area how mm. to help um, so yeah or maybe you just feel like this is a new era of my life and
2: mm.
1: I, I don't want to continue it's not as important to me anymore yeah you it's know? making
2: the time for it as well yeah. I suppose yeah. you know
1: yeah
0: I'm just thinking of all the lads listening to this who play golf yeah. we, we'll say nothing about <laughs> them um, you have two children yourself yourself yeah. right of two beautiful children um, yeah. what is your own relationship to sport now are you able to get out and, and run or to do the things that you want
1: to No, do? I would I no. But it's not just because of the children. I also had uh, three knee surgeries after my first child, so that w- it was more that than time. And yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but I try to get you know like exercise in. But it's nothing like it used to be. Mm. Yeah,
0: when you were dancing and, and competing in ballroom yeah, and, ball and, and running like that. that used yeah. to be my yeah. Where did the injuries come from? Did they come from the running? Was that uh,
1: no? It's they don't know, but I kind of fell during the. Um, uh, when I had my child uh during the labor yeah yeah so uh-huh. that could have been a, a trigger um, but then I have uh, rheumatoid arthritis okay so pregnancy can sometimes if you have that it can trigger so you feel worse afterwards so yeah. they figured just figure that out so now I'm you know I got the proper medication and I'm,
0: yeah are you feeling better now I'm feeling that? better yes yeah. And mm. it's the next thing. Then, once you start to feel better and stabilise, the next thing you are you're looking at the the running shoes going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. <a> thing, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. What mm. does
0: exercise give you?
1: Um, you know, a clear head. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, and um, just feeling uh, mentally for me, anyway, yeah. it's uh, an important thing. Just uh, the feeling of after a good exercise mm. session. That's yeah. And also feeling stronger in my work and with my kids. Yeah. You know,
0: you're, you're able to do more yeah. than you've been doing. Yeah. And kind of you know? mm. um, as a physiotherapist, is your sort of diary full, you know, with people from uh, like how long does a consultation take? Is it usually an hour? <clears throat> is it half an hour?
1: First appointment, an hour. Yeah. And then it's about 45 minutes
0: e- each time. Yeah. And do you specialize in any particular sort of bits of the body? I know there's one guy out in Solentuna that uh, mm. has fixed several shoulders, mine yeah. Include, yeah. included. Like <laughs> so is there anybody who might be referred to you for a specific thing?
1: Uh, well, mostly, it generally, like, um, now it's more, oh, this person had um, this issue after giving birth and she would like to get back to running. mm so that would be, but in, I like kind of the, the groin area. Yeah. Groin, uh, lower back. Um.
0: There's an awful lot of people going to listen to this now going, yeah. okay, she did, Jess would definitely have <laughs> to hear this one. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: the, the, the area that you're mentioning there, right, mm-hmm. the growing the lower back of that yeah. quality, these are really, really complex because yeah. right? it's not just one, there's muscles that are you know yeah. linked to your knees pulling that things yeah, up Yeah,
1: and it's complex, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If I want to avoid
2: <laughs> those kind <laughs> of problems,
0: what do I need to be focusing on in training?
1: Uh, well, first of all, slow progression. You know? are you
0: only saying that now because I've got so much gray in me? Being them
1: and <laughs> no, no, no. Anyone <laughs> slow progression, um, you know, having a program, stick to it. Um, don't just increase every time, you know. Yeah. Um, and same with, um, you know, running slow. If you've been away from running, it doesn't matter why, really slow progression back. And yeah. then modification, like how can I it change? It's not working out. How can I change? But I would say slow progression. That's number one. A lot of, like, I think it's just the way we work as humans. Like, we want to, oh, this feels good, so now I can increase. Now I can increase, you know? Um, Whereas I'm like, keep this program for six to eight weeks then.
0: Okay, yeah there's very few people have that kind of patience though yeah, right? yeah. i know yeah, yeah. but <laughs> in, in terms of weight training and that kind of thing because like when we were younger uh, you know back in the sort of the late or the early 80s ish, right you know weight training wasn't really a thing for sport right mm. now everybody like you know when brian was playing football with dublin and club taff and this kind of thing yeah. and they were all in the gym you know at yeah. six o'clock in the morning mm. how important is that or can you get that somewhere else in your training uh, regime
1: do you mean strength training yeah exactly
0: yeah. lifted weights and that kind of thing
1: yeah it's important i'd say um but you can you know i'd say what do you think is fun to do how Mm. much time do you have and through that we can find something that suits you Mm. um because it doesn't matter really what i recommend if you don't like it then you're not gonna do it (laughs) (laughs) you know and so try to find a way like how much time do i have um you know per week and when i'm there how long do i want to be there do yeah. i want to train at home do i want to train outside do i want to go to the gym mm. you know so it's about finding what works for you mm. Mm. but it's important yes
0: if, mm. if i we have our first consultation it's one hour and i sit there and moan about everything that hurts right yeah. and then you say to me right phil you need to do this this and this and then yeah. two weeks time we come back in and i've done none of that uh. do you know straight away that i haven't done it
1: yes <laughs> definitely
0: <laughs> you do yeah does that make you angry
1: uh it used to but uh not so much anymore i'm more trying to figure out why
0: yeah
1: why haven't you done it because it's important for me that the patient feel like they can come it's not uh it's not like coming to a teacher have you done your homework you Yeah, sort of an adversarial
0: yeah, relationship you yeah know?
1: exactly so i like why haven't you done it what's not working out like help me help you, basically.
0: Um, How how much of these things is mental? Because I I discovered years ago, I hate training on my own. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, but I just, I love to be training with other people. Mm -hmm. So ball sports are Mm -hmm. perfect. Combat sports are perfect. But if I have to go on a treadmill or go to the gym, I just hate it. Yeah. So Uh how much of it is that individual?
1: Very much individual.
2: Is it, yeah? Yeah,
1: definitely. And I mean, it's, I think that a lot of people, they talk about what they want to do but that might be the goal mm. they want to start where they like that this is my goal and then i try to kind of take it down a bit like, <laughs> <laughs> like steady on
0: there
2: yeah <laughs> you're not winning the olympics anytime, so <laughs>
1: exactly because if you then realize that this is too much you will it's all or nothing a yeah. lot of times so i try to kind of like well let's start with this and we do it for two weeks and then we follow up yeah um and uh, a lot of my patients, oh, that's that's not a lot at all. And then they'll do it.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, it's like eating the elephant one bite at a yeah. time kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. If a woman comes in now, and any of the women who listen to this might recently have had a child, and they might have done you know, canoeing or running yeah. or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How does the process look when they come and sit down with you? Because obviously it's a major physical change yeah. for a woman's body to have a child like that. Yeah. What are the first things they need to think about before they can get back to exercising at
1: mm-hmm. all? Well, my sessions, a lot of the times we sit and talk for the whole
0: time.
2: Yeah.
1: Because there's so many questions and, uh, you know, I used to be like, oh, I have to do all this in one session, but now I don't anymore. It's a lot of like talking. Where were you? What's your injury? What's your, you know, and anything from pain to like more intimate questions, yeah. you know? And um, so first we kind of need to, okay, who are you? What do you want to do? Where are we, you know? Where are we now? Mm. What's the goal? And um, sometimes we have time to do, or they want to do a uh, pelvic exam, yeah. like, um, and uh, we do that, and then we kind of put up a plan, yeah, you know, um, depending on the goals. And I do like maybe if they want to go back to running, we book in next session to do some tests, yeah. to see where they're at, and um, yeah.
0: Is it it a long process? Like, would you like people to come to you maybe five or six times so that you can go through this and guide them back onto
2: the path kind Mm. of
1: thing? Um, Well, it depends on where they are. If they come one year after, then, you know, the the healing is basically done from the labor itself. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if they come after three months, then we're in a different... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A lot of women come, you know... Maybe three, four months after. Mm. And then the first session is basically telling them that it takes a year for the body to recover.
0: Can what you do as a a physiotherapist, Mm. can that influence that healing process in a positive way? Uh,
1: No, I wouldn't say that I can make it go quicker, but I can get them back into training in a way that might be, you know, if they have, um, like, a prolapse sensation, mm. um, they can still get back into training and I help them how, mm. um, so that the symptoms doesn't get worse. Mm. If they have um, like urine leakage, that might be something that we can work on yeah. as well during this time, which can help a lot. Mm. Um, I'd say 70-80% of is information.
0: Is it, yeah? Oh, yeah. And it's just sitting down talking about these things, talking and, saying, and like, this.
1: and helping them. Like, what are you feeling right now? Is this something that I can kind of ignore or should I listen to this? Hmm. Uh, should I, you know, regress a bit or should I modify? Hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, in terms of training when you're pregnant, right, mm-hmm. have you looked at this at all? Mm-hmm. What kind of training is it okay to do? Is it okay to, to play football? Is it okay to, to swim or to play yeah. rugby when you're pregnant?
1: Yeah. Well, basically, it's not okay to skydive. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> I don't think it's ever okay to do that, but I don't
1: know. <laughs> or like deep diving, like water. Or deep sea diving like yeah. that kind uh, of yeah. Uh, or any kind of... Um, Activity that would risk, like, hits against the stomach, obviously.
0: Yeah, so rugby goes out and ladies Yeah, exactly. So that's the
1: three. Yeah. Like, no, we don't do that. But then, obviously, it depends on other things. Um, You know, how are they, as I said before, do they have pain? Where is the pain? Mm. Is there any other issues in the pregnancy? Mm. Um, Are they sleeping? Are they able to recover? Um, But some women train all, like, they did the whole you
2: know,
1: to the day they have the baby. yeah. And some women have to stop after just being, bringing 10 weeks, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah.
0: It's very individual. Very individual, yeah. When you look at the patients that you've treated, please don't name any names here, but (laughs) the the patients that have come to you, are women more realistic than men when it comes to how long it's going to take to come back, what they have to do, how much of this is actually on them?
1: Yeah. putting me on the spot. That's the whole part of it here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> they are. Yes. had a feeling they might be. Yeah. So, so speaking as a bad guy, I was like, yeah, yeah. actually that's <laughs> great. I'll be back in two weeks kind of thing, you know?
1: I'd say the biggest, like now I only have women. Yeah. Like I don't…
0: Is that a relief to you at this stage? I, I
1: thought before when I kind of started this new job that, oh, how's this going to be, you know? Yeah. Only meeting women. But I, it's, it's good you enjoy this i'm enjoying it yeah
0: and is that partially because these are people that will actually listen to what you're saying yes
1: i'd say that yeah that's (laughs) That's the main yeah that's the main thing uh yeah yeah, they really do and they're so appreciative um they 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 do most of my patients do what i tell them to do and that's kind of new to me (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just I think of so many people who listen to this have asked me about a physio or you know, lads. If you just listen to what they tell you, yeah, you be there and, in the first place, and, and space, you know?
1: then you realize that what I'm doing, oh, I'm kind of good at my job because they're actually getting better. Yeah, <laughs> you know.
0: But this is the thing because, like you know, previously you would have been judged. You're there, going, okay, here's all this stuff, and then they wouldn't do it. Yeah, and then it. you think, well, you know, I'm obviously no good at this. Yeah, but it's actually on the patient a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, a
1: lot you know? of times because if they only communicate. Um, and um, we can do something together that they'll do and feel happy about, then I can help. Yeah. You know.
0: Things Mm. like stretching and yoga are always recommended to me. Okay. Needless to say, I don't do them. No, no. But how much help would that be to somebody of 52 as I am?
1: Um, Well, it depends why you're doing it.
0: I'd like to be flexible. I'd like to be able to sort of, you know, bend down and tie my shoes without, you know, threatening my knees, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, but then, you know... That could work, but you know, stretching is a very much like um, we don't know that much, like within that area. Yeah. Like you, you, they used to say that if you stretch, you don't get sore muscles after training and stuff yeah. like that. But we, that's there's
0: probably, no great scientific basis no, for that. No, no.
1: But I usually say, like, well, if if a muscle is tense, uh, you can obviously do stretching mm. if you feel that it feels good and I feel better. But I always look at why. Is it tense stuff? Yeah. Because rarely I'd say that just stretching would fix the it's problem. fix that. No, yeah. but it could be good, like a part of rehab. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: Warming up is another thing that, you yeah. know, you'll often see footballers and all sorts of sports people doing warming up, Warm ups that are longer than the game in yeah. some cases nowadays. <laughs> yeah. is, there, is there a value to that or is that sort of
1: Yeah, it's a value to that. Absolutely. But I'd say if you're going to do, let's say you're working on the upper body strength training, Standing on the treadmill then for 20 minutes won't, that's, you know. It's not going to hit those muscles, is it? No, Yeah. But you can do warming up in the machine or, you know. Mm. um, But like if you, in soccer or Gaelic football, yeah, you should warm up, definitely. Mm. And that's the whole body because you use the whole body.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I, as I say, I'm notorious for being absolutely terrible. At but
1: that. I mean, like, warming up is warming up, not being exhausted after a warm up.
0: That's the thing. That's you know, <laughs> so like, is it hitting the right sort of level? Yeah, really, so you don't yeah. Get too much. Mm. How important when you there's two things I want to ask you about because you know, physiotherapy is one thing, right? Mm. But you're dealing with a whole person. We've talked about the mental aspect, yeah. but people not listen to what you're mm. saying. How important are things like diet? Uh, mm-hmm. in this as well yeah. and you know rest is obviously a hugely important thing yeah. it's coming out more and more mm-hmm. in the research that's there mm-hmm. now. would you ever have a, a conversation about diet or about medicines with
2: people who um have
1: diet i didn't i have done nutrition course um with folks on sports medicine but i don't feel comfortable in getting involved in people's diet
0: you don't go sticking your nose and what they have no for their lunch no
1: i don't no uh as long as they're eating yeah that, Otherwise, I might be, you know. i be a bit, a bit worried yeah. if they yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not recommending, you know, specific things. And it's like, it's so much trend in that and yeah. it's so individual. Uh, I wouldn't feel it's oh. nothing I kind of read up on yeah. that way.
0: But well, does it have a big influence, like, you know, on I, recovery or, or these uh, kind of things?
1: Yeah, you need to eat, like, after, but what you eat, Yeah, I'd say that's more individual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, you need to eat and rest. Yeah. Yeah. And recovery is, you know, something that I more talk about because um, often people are, you know, like, for example, if you don't sleep, then you don't get their recovery. Yeah. Then you need to do something else, like plan the training and. Plan in rest, and uh, you don't have to maybe sleep, but at least rest or do something more calm, yeah, um, like yoga or you know something else. Mm. And so that's also very much like what the person feels comfortable with, yeah. But
0: yeah, I know a lot of professional athletes now they sleep like babies in the afternoon, you know, so they eat well and then they go for yeah. a nap in the afternoon. Yeah, so yeah. that's to be recommended if yeah. they are going to be doing and especially
1: like the women I meet because they might get six hours of sleep, but it's not like six hours in a row. Mm. And that's something to really, you yeah. know, think about. I, I
0: often thought, and this is from my limited experience of being a father and being married to a woman who is a mother of my yeah. children, you know. Yeah. Um, I often sort of said to her, and it sounds very glib, you sort of yeah. say, well, you know, sleep when the baby sleeps yeah. kind of thing. Is mm-hmm. that is that what they should be doing, essentially? Uh, or? They
1: don't have to sleep. Yeah. So I say more like, do something that gives you energy. Yeah when the baby's sleeping, Hmm. Um, rather than running around in the house trying to clean. Tidy up and do But for some people that might be relaxing, so, you know. I'd like to meet those people. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they might feel like they they like um, cleaning up a little bit. But I would say try to at least get 20 minutes of, uh, you know, not doing anything.
0: Yeah, get off your feet and, yeah. and just don't do things like yeah. that. You, know? mm. you, you mentioned now that you've moved to sort of solely working with women who are trying mm. to get back into training and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, where would people find you? You know, if there's a woman listening to this who maybe mm. just had a baby or is just about to have a baby, how do they go about sort of, you know, consulting yeah. with you? Uh,
1: Mia Kvinnohälsa.
0: Was that Mia, Kvin- Meja. Me- Meja, okay. Mm. And how do you spell it? M-E-J-A, is that? Yeah. Okay, mm. In Farsta. In Farsta. Mm. We shall stick that in the show notes here. Yeah. Um, how did you sort of slide into that? Is it yeah. because there wasn't anything like it that existed?
1: Uh, well, basically, Emma Regberg started a clinic. Yeah. Uh, she specializes in uh, gynecology, mm-hmm. um, physiotherapist. Um, she you know, planned to, for a long time, she wanted to start a clinic with that, with women, uh, mm. health in focus. And then she did it and she wanted different, you know, uh, specializations in the same clinic. Yeah. Um, so I got an email from her and we met up and had a chat and then I decided to jump on that.
0: Mm. Yeah. So would she have other sort of specialists there? Would she have like a, you know, nutritionist and she would uh, have, you know.
1: It's, um we have one psychologist
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we have the one in elderly's health.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: One in pain, two in gin and yeah. And then we have also Hanna who is there uh, like one day a week. Yeah. She's a physiotherapist, but she works with more like, um, not healthcare, more like private, like groups. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so for say, like, it's, I have a patient that I feel like you don't need healthcare anymore, mm. but they might feel a bit insecure yeah. going into, you know, the, um, the normal. Um, going back
0: into everyday life kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly.
1: So then they can go with Hannah mm. for a while.
0: If a patient comes to you, if a woman comes to you now out in foster does she sort of become a patient of everybody out there? Does she no. 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 So so it wouldn't be that, you know, this woman comes in and talks to you for an hour and then you go to the FICA table and you go, I just had this woman in here, here's her entire lifestyle. No, no,
1: no, no. No. <laughs> no. But we work a lot together. Yeah. Um so if I have someone and I feel like this is too complicated for me regarding like um, injuries from labour, yeah. like it's I do an examination i feel a bit insecure i would then talk to mia who specialized within that when it comes more like into surgery or yeah yeah um uh, or other complicated cases and if it's someone with uh, uh, pain history that i might find complicated i would talk to Ialin. yeah so then we might work together with the patient or i would send that patient to yeah you recommend to them yeah, to go to this person. exactly yeah. and then we have also a lot of groups mm. that we have patients in like yoga or postpartum training Yeah. And yeah. Mm.
0: do you have a lot of patients out there now in terms of does it keep everybody out there busy yeah we're yeah. busy mm. um, I want to ask you as well like how how regular is it you know because i mean obviously pregnancy is a huge test for yeah. the female body right so uh, you know are injuries a regular part of it is it just accepted that you know
1: you mean after or during well
0: during and after yeah previously. i would yeah. say
1: that um during it's some things that are very common and it kind of like yeah you're pregnant uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't get help yeah to reduce that pain yeah um and also after it's been kind of well you had a baby and uh, you yeah, know, some things are to be expected
0: yeah some things are going to happen some things are gonna yeah change, and yeah. Uh,
1: that's not true you i don't well mia don't agree with that like yeah. you don't have to you know go through a lot of uh things just because you had a baby yeah
2: you don't have to just accept that no that, you know no this exactly kind of thing,
1: yeah you know? and i think that's changing too
0: yeah yeah do we take women's pain seriously when it comes to pregnancy no (laughs) how far how far away are we from doing that
1: um i think that women now are better at seeking help
2: yeah Um, they're not willing to just suffer in silence anymore
1: no Hmm. that's the so they it's not just us on the medical side that oh we realize that this is needed it's also the women that are i want answers yeah um and then we need to go and find those answers, you know? So I think it's a combination
0: yeah yeah how much of that goes hand in hand with what you do because as i say the reason that you know it stuck out to me that i wanted to talk to you is because mm-hmm. you specifically went to working with women yeah. with pregnant women and with women who've recently been mm-hmm. pregnant
2: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, does that go hand in hand with the fact that the demand is rising that people aren't going to put up with this kind of thing anymore that yeah. oh you know you got X and out of stitches or or this has happened yeah. or you're just going to have to put up with that now yeah. you know uh, do, is it a sort of a growth industry if you like yeah It is. It is. Mm. Would you expect to see this in sort of everywhere in Sweden now, and not just in in Foster?
1: I hope so because we have patients traveling all over Sweden to come to us. Have you? Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's it's yeah it's, it's you become a bit happy, like yeah they want to come to us, but it's also very sad.
0: Yeah, if they're uh, coming from Luleå. Yeah, to see you
1: exactly. Because... Uh, so it's very much needed. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: How do we get that? Yeah. Are there people around who have the education that you do mm-hmm. and that Mia and the other women mm-hmm. working at that clinic? Mm-hmm. Would it be easy if the government just say overnight, okay, here's a billion crowns, let's go do this? Do the people exist there or do more people need to study these things so that we can provide?
1: Them? Uh, more people need to study and there needs you know, we need more courses, hmm. especially in the physiotherapy program. Hmm. It's a bit embarrassing how little it is about.
0: What's so when you learn physiotherapy, yeah. very little was said oh, about pregnancy. I mean, it was
1: one lecture.
0: That was it? Like an hour, that's it? Yeah. Jesus.
1: In three years. And then I done, you know, obviously a lot of courses afterwards. But even there, it's like not many talk about women and you know, in sports and not much at all. Yeah. Um, and I thought that I kind of knew a lot until I really started to uh, get into this area and I kind of want to go back in time and meet all these women again and make it right. All you these know? people
0: that you should have been able to help. Yeah, back then, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but there aren't that many courses. We have two in Sweden now. Mm. And then Emma and Mia and our clinic, you know, Emma and Mia have been and doing courses you know um for a while but that's not within you know college it's private yeah um um, and you know we're doing more courses in Mia. we have a new course now in september that me emma uh, and mia are doing and that's more focused on you know women's health within sports medicine
2: yeah
0: Mm. is uh, the subject of periods and menstruation is something that i've seen come up um for instance, I think the Irish women's rugby team have now changed, so they wear navy shorts instead of white shorts. Right? Oh, that's, that's not good. a medical thing. That's just oh. a, you know, I think, hmm. uh, but it's something that's starting to be spoken about more. Yeah. Does that cycle have a major effect on training? Right? Yeah. Because mm. we kind of look at it as men. I cover a lot of women's football, but it's not something <coughs> I go thinking about. No. you know, no. Uh, is there is there a lot of research into that? Is there something that's changing? Mm. That's There's
1: you know? some research, and we know a little bit. And uh, again, it's very much individual, but um, we know that. Certain times might be better to go heavy training, and mm. um, when you shouldn't. Uh, but then again, there are women that are completely fine and they can do it. But yeah. we should respect the women that can't, yeah, um, and teach them um, mm. how to think about it, mm. and you know how to train.
0: Is, is this something that, because if you take football, which is, you know, it's the biggest sport, participation mm. sport in the country. Mm. Is this something that needs to be part of coaching education? Yes, I think so. Because it's something that I've never even no. seen. Now it, no, it may exist now. I don't know. You know? No.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. Mm. Yeah, it's important. Would mm.
0: you be interested in sort of putting the patients to one side for a couple of years and researching something specific about women's health and post-pregnancy health or maybe mm. pregnancy health? Yeah. What, um. would, what would you like to specifically focus on then?
1: Oh, God. I change what I want to do. (laughs) Every week. (laughs) Yeah, because there's so many interesting uh, things and so much is needed. But um, I think I would, now that I've done so much about, not so much, but a bit about, you know, after labor, it would be nice to kind of get more into young women and educate them. And just in general, I think, mm. like what happens in the body, how can you train and endometriosis? What is what is mm. that? Um, you know, um, how do you
2: recognize it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: More like that general knowledge. Yeah. So that they, you know, they learn. I yeah. mean, I I didn't know much. I thought I knew much. But after being pregnant twice and having children, you kind of, oh, OK. <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, I remember. Um, there's an English fellow in town here, and his partner uh, is also English. And I remember I had my first child had been born, and his partner was pregnant with their first child. Yeah. I remember explaining to him a little bit about what it was like, you know, mm. and he kind of had that look in his face that yeah, I'm hearing you, but I don't actually. I could no. see he didn't understand. Mm. Did you feel the same way? Oh, yes. Before and after, yes. Together? I don't feel as bad now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but definitely, you have no idea. I had this image of what it was going to be like to be pregnant and mm. what it was going to be like to have a baby, and. And None of it was, <laughs> none of <that> was true. <laughs> no, none of it was true, <laughs> and so I was. I'd say more shocked than uh, Brian.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, well, that's which, saying
0: something if you can get a Northside door yeah. I'm shocked at that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, you have this idea of what what type of person you want to be, mm. and uh, what type of parent, and you know, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. and also one thing that we kind of we have a postpartum group I have with the, our psychologist. That take care of like take care of, but we have a group um, with women who had a baby within the year, yeah. And to kind of catch, you know, because women they go to the midwife and then they have the baby and then you go and just look at the baby, yeah. And you're standing there next to it, like,
0: and the, but the woman's out of the picture. Yeah, That's yeah. Like, you're not important anymore. No,
1: exactly. That's the feeling a lot of women have, yeah. Uh, and I would have liked to join one of these groups. We yeah. kind of, we talk about like what happens mm. in, like after labor with the, in connection with the baby and what happens in your body and mm. things like that. And they get to share.
0: You know, when you're Mama lede when you're on this maternity leave in mm. Sweden, right? And you, you just, you tend to coalesce. There'd be a bunch of other women in the local yeah. park in Forster. Yeah. But that's not really a situation where you talk about what's happening in your body. No, right? no. So Is that something that's needed? That's the kind of group I, you mean. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. And we do, we... Um, so Bushina has, like, she talks about, okay, um, connection with a child and uh, you get to talk about it. Yeah. In, a, you know, in a kind of safe environment. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. But I'm more thinking, of it like, in terms of talking about your own body because things are sore and things are yeah, leaking yeah, and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Would, that, would that have helped maybe if you had somebody you could talk to? Oh, about yeah. That just in, yeah. even in general terms, not with yeah. a, a medical professional. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of yeah. You know? mm. Where do you see all this going? In five or ten years' time, if we sit down here again, yeah. what do you expect things to look like for pregnant women and postpartum women in Sweden?
2: I
1: think a lot more uh, clinics, a lot more um, physios, um, you know, that have this as their specialty. Yeah. Um, I hope, anyway. And I think I think women, I already see that they are a bit like... I'm not going to put up with this. And I think that that won't have changed. I think it's going to become more. And uh, yeah, I hope that more information like in school, um, not just for the women, Mm. um, for the, you know, well, male. <laughs> I was
0: thinking as well. I'm thinking of, when our first child was born, and I stood there like useless. Yeah. You know, Christian Brothers yeah. education, yeah. in Dublin. I had no. But idea I mean, I
1: was that's also that. what you expect. You know, like how can possibly someone just understand yeah. without getting the information?
0: Yeah.
1: I think the men or partners, the one who's not pregnant, should be included more. Yeah. As well. Um, yeah. So I think I think hopefully.
0: This could be an easy question. It could be a difficult question. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. No. Okay. And would you give Brian a mark out of 10 for how he has behaved post-pregnancy? <laughs> knowing the things that he knew and the things that he didn't and everything else. Like yeah. That?
1: Uh, you know, from 1 to 10. Yes. Uh, I would say 9.
0: Good man, Brian Stokes. Yeah. I would expect nothing better. A yeah. high achiever throughout yeah. his yeah. life. You know. <laughs> What's been the best thing about having Brian as a husband in this time?
1: Um, he is so calm. But this is true. Yeah. And uh, very calm, and um, you know, and that's uh, what I need yeah. someone to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he's easygoing. Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get stressed over things, or and he always thinks through before. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Never too high, never too low. No, kind of no.
1: which can be frustrating as well. <laughs> <laughs> But in these type of, you know, situations very good.
0: That's a, I, I think they call it logum in Sweden. Yeah, logum, they, he's logum. He's logum. Brian <laughs> Stokes, logum, the winner of this week's logum award. One final question, right? If yeah. there are women listening to this who just moved to Sweden, maybe don't know the 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 way the health service works, where they have to go to get help.
2: Yeah. What
0: should be their first port of call if they think they're pregnant? If they think yeah. something's going right, something's going wrong, if they want yeah. to train where do they need to go to get advice?
1: Uh, midwife.
0: A midwife is the best place to go. Yeah.
1: yeah. So that's where you they will take care of you.
0: And if you go to your local board Central and your local health center yeah. and say, I need to speak to a midwife, will you they?
1: Can, no, you don't have to go to. Don't have to go there. No, no, you okay. can just look up where's my closest like midwife and yeah. book an appointment there.
0: And you can go there. No questions asked and sit no. down. Yeah. Jess, I, I think I learned more in the last 45 odd minutes <laughs> than I did in the previous 50 years. Thanks so much for coming down and Thank talking to Thank
1: you so to much for having me.
0: Oh, I'm delighted. I'm delighted to be here really because I actually haven't been well recently. Oh, don't stop it! Honestly, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but if you insist, I—I um, I really haven't, though. So that's why I'm delighted to, to get here today. I was rushed to A and E recently with terrible abdominal problems, just hideous pains all up and down my tummy and around my sides, and I was rushed to A and E. And for about three hours, I thought—and um, anyone here who ever read a magazine as a teenager will know what I mean, especially the girls—I thought that I was about to have. A surprise baby. <laughs> Do you know the way there's all stories in the magazine? Going,
2: well, everything
0: was normal. Nothing was different. Everything was regular. Well,
1: then I went to the toilet and I looked in the toilet and there was a baby in the
0: toilet. And I had a surprise baby. <laughs> There was always that, and that's when I I thought it was. But um, you'll be happy to know that actually it was. Uh, I'm bringing sexy back. A gut infection. A, a gut in, infection. There you go. That was the great Irish comic Ashling B. There talking about surprise pregnancy. Uh, I really enjoyed that chat with Jessica. I have to say it was just fantastic. Uh, to sit there and to get so much information and as a totally different perspective out of her because they're not the kind of things that we talk about but maybe we should be talking about Um, yeah so that is about it for this week remember before you go that hey as I said before like the summer is coming right so if you have any stories to tell me get them in now boys and girls right don't go thinking oh you know we have an event at the start of August and that kind of thing Asher, I'll wait until now. get it in now get it booked in and we'll talk about it on the podcast because uh, we don't want to be chasing our tail and running around chasing one another or, or me chasing you or vice versa uh, so get that sorted out now if you have anything that's coming up we'll have to have a chat about there's a family day I think happening up in Yavla at the end of July I think the lads are sorting out Tom and John Cunningham will be sorting that out up there so we get the information around that that's a perfect example of the kind of thing that we want to get in the calendar so we don't miss it and if you've got anything else going on a product launch if you're taking part in the beer festivals if you've got any music going on do let us know what's going on down in Malmo as well if Peter Miller's around tell him to get in touch uh, remember, this is a community-supported podcast. Patreon.com forward slash Error Man in Stockholm is where you can go and throw a 5 a month. Five-euro a month will keep the lights on, right? And could do a lot more people there. I don't think, you know, there's been months of great podcasts coming out, lads, and not a single person has signed up since about Valentine's Day. And I'm getting the feeling that nobody loves me. I know yous love me, but you can tell me by throwing in a 5 a the month there just in case. Uh, and it will help me to spend more time doing these things. And as I say, after the... Um, after the summer holidays now, I will be going to some of the companies that are operating here in Sweden and looking for some support because I think that this does have value to our community here. And if you can sort of contribute in any way to keeping this going, I'd be very, very grateful for that. You can also switch a few bob to 123 2, 4, 2, 4, 1, 6, 6. So get the phone out of your pocket now, uh, 123 2, 4, 2, 4, 1, 6, 6, and that will go straight into the business system and my fantastic accountant, Yulia, will fix that up and she'll pay the VAT and she'll make sure that the tax man is taking care of and whatever's left over she'll throw into the coffers for keeping the lights on and the microphones running here so that is about it for this week i think uh i don't know if i'm allowed to tell people this but there is going to be a reception now because uh that's happening this week actually tomorrow i'm speaking to you on monday and the reception is tomorrow tuesday the 27th of june and that is for ambassador austin gormley who it seems like he only arrived a minute ago and now he's moving on to b- bigger and better things in south africa and he's been an absolutely tremendous ambassador for our country but also for us as a community so i'm hoping to be there i might talk to one or two people i might get emotional. I may not be able to talk to anybody at all but we'll certainly have to um, have a little bit of an exit interview with him and just talk about what he has meant to the community here because he's been absolutely brilliant in terms of bringing together or keeping together the various state agencies and getting involved with the community and travelling around the place and that kind of thing be up in Luleon, down in Melbourne, and over in Gothenburg and having lunch and pints and coffee and everything with everybody to try to get an understanding for where we were so he's been a wonderful ambassador altogether and after the summer I think uh, his successor is going to join us here so we'll celebrate him and as indeed will celebrate his replacement when they come along but uh, I'll try to nip into that tomorrow night and then as I say there is uh, interviews that are going in the can now that are going to be ready to go so I promise now there will be no more late podcast lads again please do forgive me uh, you'll be getting them whether you're in your hammock or in your van or out on the highways and byways you will be getting Irish and Sweden podcast at 7 o'clock Central European time as you have become uh, so used to over the years because that's what we do here listen I'll talk to you again next week take care of yourselves take care of one another and uh, I'll see you around.